Hello, Mountaineer Nation. Welcome in onto the porch here. The morning of the morning after. Um, me and Zach got on there last night and kind of talked a little bit about the Baylor game. The game of the year by many people's estimations in the country. Van Pelt, Rothstein, guys that are watching nightly. Um, they felt it was. It was a great game. We'll kind of dissect that a little bit, give our thoughts. It was a little fresher for Zach than for me. He got a little emotional. We'll deal with that. Um, but... You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee fill style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back. We're talking all things Mountaineer Hoops here on the porch. We're going to get that quest for 900 really rocking and rolling with a little little look in on TCU and Oklahoma State as well as a postmortem of a, uh, a tough one, a tough one to swallow in the Bears. So you guys come on back. What is going on, my friend? What's going on, man? Are you uh, <laughs> you sounded like what's going on, man? Kind of like um, sort of dazed, confused. There, are you still dazed, confused? I know this is going to be interesting because Zach uh had to rewatch due to some coaching obligations the game right before this, so it's fresh for you, a little farther removed. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that might contrast in our opinions of uh, the game in general and then also kind of moving forward. Yeah. Exactly. My, Are you okay, buddy? My exuberance at the beginning of the podcast might not match past episodes because of my – I mean, <laughs> because dude, of I, how, I, how recently I watched this. I mean, dude, I, I, I feel your pain. It, it, it sort of takes the wind out of your sails as a wise man. Uh, OG Marty uh, said to me yesterday, uh, this kind of it took the wind out of you a little bit. It's it does, but at the same time, it's encouraging because that's a game that, just like the Gonzaga game, won against one of the best teams in the land, and one that you absolutely could have and probably should have won. Could've didn't could've work out for us, but damn, it 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 we're we're right up there at the top. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it. It only goes to confirm, and Zach, I said this after the game, and I still feel it. Still feel the same way today. We did everything to win that game and lose that game at the same damn time, and it confirms my belief that this is a Final Four caliber team, and we just got to gear up for these tournaments and kind of just know that. We cannot make some of those mistakes. This will be a teaching tool. It's going to have to be, and it's a game that you hope hey, really hey, inspires let's, them. Let's, let's hold on real quick, though. I'm going to. I'm going to have to. I know you're coming off right off it. It won't. It won't. It doesn't have to be, but it will be. You know, the guys. The guys won 898 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Huggins will. Huggins will use this. To his advantage, he I'm sure he always finds a way to spin things to where that helps the team. But it being this close to the end of the regular season, you know, last week before the conference tournament, it's going to have to act as a motivator. It's going to really have to galvanize these guys and light a fire under their asses. And I'm in, I'm hopeful it will. In one in one respect too, Zach, um, man, and and this is this is just kind of a from the way I look at it and think about it, 
this this team right here has so much to play for this week that losing that game, especially in the way you did, where you almost feel like deep down they know, damn, that was ours, and we just didn't take it. I think that only propels you and gives you that fuel for the fire here these next two games in the Coliseum in Kansas City and then the big dance there in Indianapolis here in two weeks. I would tend to agree, and it's one that was just just outside their grasp. So many, and that's what kills me the most, so many self-inflicted wounds that just stripped that out of our grasp, just took it right away from us. And like I said, things that we could have done to avoid the mistakes that we did to ourselves that ultimately cost us the game. It wasn't just one, two, three. There were multiple instances of occasions like that. I think you've got to go under your toes, right? I mean, I mean, you're almost at that level mm-hmm. in terms of you almost have to go off to your toes because you you can almost get two handfuls. I mean, of, of, I mean, it's it's literally to that point, right? Um, but yet, with all of those things being considered, you're sitting there mm-hmm. with the lead at the end of the game against <laughs> quote unquote, you know, the number two, number three, you know, in that tier one of teams in the country. I think it only goes to prove that West Virginia is right there with them and that Joe Lenardi has no <laughs> flipping clue what the hell he's talking about. It, it would seem to me, you know, sitting at the sixth spot in the rankings, obviously that's not a direct correlation to what the seed lines are going to be, but I would say that pretty unanimously West Virginia was considered a strong two-seed team going into that game last night. And to say that a loss in that fashion, you know, back and forth all game, very close competitive game with one of the best teams in the country, a bona fide one seed. Not only competitive game, the game of the year by most people's accounts that watch the game. How does that drop you to a three seed? How? I mean, they say that was the best game of the the season. I find it hard to disagree. I mean – Multiple people have said that now. Everywhere you've listened about it, that's been the talk on this game. Yeah, I, I would find it hard to disagree. And yet that moves you to no, the three that's... line and a two seed and a two I mean, come on, Joey. Like, Houston has a loss to East Carolina, a team with two wins in the American, not necessarily a stellar conference, uh, not on the level of the Big 12. You've got a loss to Tulsa thrown in there, and then Wichita is your best loss. But, I mean, not like they're going to be uh, banging on anybody's door to have anything maybe higher than an eight or a nine seed in this thing. So, I mean, come on now. That just seems ridiculous. East Carolina, for crying out loud, come on. They are a team deserving of that two seed over West Virginia. Also, Zach, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw another stone here real quick. Ohio State with three mm-hmm. straight losses is still more deserving of a two seed than us. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, thankfully <clears throat> that bracketology means dick, so take it for what it is, which is nothing. But you know, that's fine if if that's the if that's the opinion of Joe Lenardi, bracketologist, MD, PhD, whatever. That's that's what it is. But I I personally don't believe a loss yeah, like that. You know what? I think I can get a doctor. I think I can get a doctor in <laughs> bracketology. I'd say so. Sign me up for the classes. If he can get one, I mean. 
where where do I sign up? What 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 uh you know does the University of Phoenix teach it? Because I'll take it in my my spare time off my off my uh eight to five. That, I'll that do pay? it. You in? I mean, it can't be that damn hard if he's if he's getting playing what he's. I'm got sure he's getting paid handsomely. Money. So sign me up. Oh, and yeah, like earlier uh, <clears throat> tonight. I mean, he was so far into the Zoom. It's like Joe, man, you've been doing this now since like December. Can we? What happened, buddy? You know. Anyway, um, just a very, very peculiar thing. And let's let's get off that talk because in reality, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter uh, right now what like the Corsi or Jerry Palm or anybody else says because you got to go win games to make this happen. And that's what that's what we'll have to do here these next two. So that, that, let's get back to the discussion at hand, which is the game of the year last night from 5 o'clock to about 7.30 in the Coliseum, man. Um, did, were you surprised? Failure? I don't think anybody was, but – kind of your thoughts i know you were watching that in in the moment uh image um and then kind of you know kind of walk me through how you were how you felt and then sort of i kind of want to hear this from your perspective in terms of like how it is to be coaching a game but also be knowing that's going on at the mm-hmm. same time and you have obviously have some some baited interest in that as well while you're still trying to coach yeah of course i was tuned into the game you know we were actually involved in in the moment um with the team i'm helping coach but you know having my apple watch on getting the alerts getting the twitter notes from noted west virginia beat writers having some text alerts come through about the goings on of the game it was hard not to kind of be duly invested but you know it uh it was it was it was tough to not be able to watch it live and know that it was so closely contested it was it was tough yeah yeah i mean so you know kind of and as and as we're kind of sitting here you know we're talking about the very beginning of the game baylor comes out what i think it's four of six from three-point land to start it and then all of a sudden west virginia kind of figured out some things on defense which i think is a sign of good things to come I was very impressed with our defense at times in that basketball game yesterday against a very, very potent offensive team in Baylor. Yeah, and that's one thing that I was kind of frustrated by at times because you're right. Baylor is one of the best offensive teams in the country. It's well-documented. I was frustrated at times because we were allowing so many open shots. We had issues with rotations at times. Baylor was really utilizing a little seal-off on drives into the lane, you know, Mitchell, Butler were driving in the lane, and then Vital, Thamba, Chamochata were one of those guys would have whoever was guarding them on their hip and just kind of shove them into the lane and get them out of the way, and the guard would finish at the rim pretty uncontested because you know how great we are at defending straight-line drives. So that was frustrating, but we did. We definitely had moments where we played well defensively, it was just not quite enough. Yeah, there there wasn't the key key stop, and if you did get the key key stop, you got the key stop. It felt like immediately yep. afterwards something kind of mm-hmm. screwy happened. You know, the one the one ball that kind of deflected up in the air that took the big this huge bounce, and they end up getting it, drilling a three in overtime. The the Jalen and Taz 
times it doesn't work out after you you got the lead up to and you're going to get the ball coming back. Those things hurt, but they're also things that, you know, it, they may not, if you play a game of that quality again versus a good team here in another couple of weeks, maybe that doesn't happen. You know, last night, like I said at the start, we did everything to lose and everything to win at the same time. It's, 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 it was a maddening game from that perspective, but also, like we said, a very optimistic game too. Like we're talking about the first half, you know, we talk about Taz Sherman coming on just absolutely wheeling and dealing. I mean, some of the plays he made, it was, I mean, he, he took, put the team on his back there in that first half, but yet maddeningly, maddeningly enough, you know, he ends up having that situation happen on the inbound there at the end of the half. It's like, it's, it's tough, you know, it, ah, it's, it's one of those things. It, it, you had good, you had so much good, with just enough, enough bad to be like, on it, man. Like we were, it's just so damn close. And that's the frustrating part, right? Because we did so many things well, and we did so many things to, first of all, get back in the game after Baylor started so fast and we started off so rough. But we did a, did a bunch of good things. But like you said, it seemed like we would do a good thing that kind of would propel us forward, but turn right around and give it away. Like, for instance, you were talking about clutch defensive plays, big-time defensive plays. The block that Bridges had on Vital near the end of regulation, he gets that block, we get the rebound, up one at that point, misses the first, makes the second. You make both of those, and that's a guy that you're thrilled to have at the line in that situation. Obviously, it didn't exactly. work out to where he made both. Who's to say that if he had, Baylor wouldn't go down and make a three, but that's obviously a situation you prefer than, you know, Baylor only having to get two to tie the game, and that's what happened. Ultimately, ended up in the loss, but yeah. it's just – it's stuff like that that just kind of – Zach, I tell you what. You roll your eyes. Yeah, you almost had to be perfect from the free throw line to win the game yesterday, but we but we almost were. Yep. Um, it, it's it's wild in that in the, in that way. You missed you missed two crucial free throws, and yet it cost you. Um, but it's like that you're gonna have missed free throws on occasion. You are. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, you can't. You, you can't like. You can't be mad at, at a kid for that no, not at situation, all. you know, and and you can't. I don't even think you say choke because you made the next one. You did your bet. You, you were right there. I don't. I don't think that word gets turned around way too easily in this fan base and, and, and in sports in general. The word choke. I don't think the Mountaineers choked that game away yesterday. Baylor just made a few more plays to win it. I don't think we choked it away. I, I hate when people bring that in, into discussion. I agree. I wouldn't consider that a choke, and it's absolutely not what caused us to lose the game. So that, you know, anybody who thinks that can dispel that from their, you know, any notion they may may have on that. But it's just one of those things. I mean, I mean the free throws missed. The free throws missed are definitely oh, are yeah. part of it. I mean, there's no denying that. But it's like you, you almost the, – the word the word choke in that spot, though, for – for Deuce and Taz on the free throws is just not something that should be uttered. You know, it's just, it, it should not be. Um, I mean, you think about it, you know, Taz fouls out Butler on that play. I mean, that's an Huge. incredible play. You know, I mean, at that point in time, you think 
we have this basketball game, you know. But then again, was it Davion takes a guy right at the rim? I, I, Zach, and maybe a good job with it in the first half, but it felt like Scott Drew and those guys had a little bit of an answer for the point drop in certain spots with Matthew Meyer, and maybe not every team's mm-hmm. going to have that. No, absolutely, and Matthew Meyer was a huge, huge key to that game. That's not a guy that you expect yeah. to come out and do what he did. But he did, and when that happens, that's just gravy for them. Obviously, he's a a polished scorer, but you don't expect him to go out and get 18. And Who was that matchup on that he was kind of abusing there, Zach? I'm I'm trying to bring my memory back to that. I know you just watched it when he kind of took over there late in in regulation. I mean, it was various guys he was getting matched up with. Um, Yeah. I feel like he was rejecting that ghost screen a lot and was getting the ball back out and and it just we weren't accounting for him because he hadn't made shots before. Well, hell, there were there were even night. a couple deep shots that he took where he just shot it straight over. I know one was over McNeil, just straight shot straight over top of him, even though McNeil was pretty well in his grill. And there was not much he could do. He just nailed yep, he just yep, nailed it. So he was just he was just yep. feeling it. And you'll have that, especially with a guy like him who has the ability to get hot. That's exactly what he did. And I just want to say, as far as my as far as he's concerned, I, I think with this long hair he's got going, he has increased his stock for me. And most punchable face, most punchable face in the sack, For me, and I'm all about the hair flow, it looks like it, – nah, it looks like yeah. dog shit on most him. Most punchable face in the big time. Right up yeah, there with Fox it's, Reed. it's a terrible look. Get a haircut, Matthew. My God, bud. I, I do. I, I love. I love some flow. I love some. I love some El. You know, El Fama Blanca. You know, a little a little KP action, little waterfall. You know, mm-hmm. you know Gundy. I mean, it's Big Twelve country. You know, I'm all about that. But I don't know on, on Mr. Meyer. Nah, the one that killed me, Zach, was when he drilled that three, and he almost was crashing the board. It, but then he drilled it. That mm-hmm. one was tough because you're like, wow. Like, it's just his day today. That's that's what it amounted to. And it was it was just enough to put them over the top. It's it's tough, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. And it and you know what else too? I mean, and and also kind of getting back to it, and the last part I kind of closing in on this. I mean, Meyer obviously is a great player. Um, I thought Vital made a bunch of big plays. I heard some commentary after the fact. Uh, I believe it was during the Old Miss Kentucky game. Jimmy Dykes, you know, on the jet up there. One of, and I'll go ahead and say it now. Jimmy Dykes one of the worst college basketball announcers there are. I don't understand. I don't. It's not like I, I don't hate him. He makes it entertaining, but he's but he's just he's not good either. I hate his takes. Maybe. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're spot on with that. We've had that conversation in the past about Jimmy Dykes. And uh, he's he's not one of my favorites. Uh, we've we've both uh, kind of agreed on that. Yeah, man. Every time a bell wing bell <laughs> bell wings, uh, <laughs> every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. There, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm with you, man. I do not. I'm not a huge Jimmy Dykes fan either, man. You know what? I I, I don't want to break off this rule because I had a point about Jimmy Dykes, and he said that Baylor had dogs and that they weren't going to lose that game, right? And I thought. Damn it, we have dogs too. It just didn't happen for us. Right. Like, but vital making those plays, like you did. 
Vital got every and, – and going back to – because I do want to get to this college basketball announcers thing, okay, because that is fresh on my mind, and I want to get there, Zach, because I think it's worth a discussion. But Vital got every 50-50 ball, it felt like. And it wasn't like we weren't giving great effort to get to those balls. They just seemed to go their way. Um, I mean, McCabe almost looked like a crash dummy running in, on the floor one time, uh, and, but Vital got it and ended up dishing it out, and they ended up getting a dunk. It just felt like every single ball like that went to Baylor's way. And maybe they do have the dogs. Like Hug says, they're grown-ass men. And yet we are not quite there yet. We're like a three-year-old dog right now, I feel like. We're, we're growing surely, but slowly but surely. But, yeah, those guys are seasoned. And there's, there's some bad dudes. There's no getting around it. And you're right. It, just watching it recently – and you kind of mentioned it to me before I watched it, so I was kind of on the lookout going in. But it, it did seem like almost every 50-50 ball managed to go Baylor's way. We got our we got a handful of them ourselves, but they were getting almost every 50-50 ball. It, I looked at the rebounding numbers after the fact because it seemed to me, maybe it was just a couple of possessions in particular, but it seemed to me like Baylor had 30 offensive rebounds. Oh, that one possession in particular at the end of the first half, and I kind of joked with a buddy at halftime who I would consider in the Jedi Council of Basketball Minds, um, Zach. And I said, you know what, they they deserve that uh, that that three-pointer at the end of the half because they didn't get that bucket off of five offensive rebounds. And it, I was like, what in the world's going on here? But that is Baylor too, right? I mean, that is what they do. That is part of their DNA. I think we have some of that in our DNA, but Baylor just has more of it right now. Yeah, I would I would agree. And it's unfortunate, but kind of got beat at our own game. Yeah. And but, but at the same time, uh I think you have you have to look at this and say, you know, if a few other things a few other things happen, Baylor made tough shots too. You know, I mean there's no no getting around it. Into the game, Zach, on the charge on Deuce. Thought it was a pretty bad call. I don't think you can make that call in that spot. Yep. Um, there's, there, I think there have been things that have probably been more that didn't get called throughout the course of the game. And then you effectively end a great basketball game with about 27 seconds to go on that call. That was tough. I couldn't agree more. I uh, do not like that call in that spot, like you said. It's it's kind of a toss-up call, in my opinion. I don't think that Deuce extended his arm. I don't think he really lowered the shoulder. I think, you know, he was trying to get to the basket. Mitchell kind of caught a little bit of a body. But it wasn't like there was anything egregious. And in that spot, like you said, it's a very questionable call. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, and Zach, I feel this way on it, too. Didn't cost us the no. game. Wasn't the reason we lost. But it effectively did mm-hmm. end the game, and that's and that's when it was a one possession game. Um, exactly when it was right there, you know, um, that makes it tough. That makes it real tough to kind of sit there and, and digest and and feel like you should feel good about the way that ended. Um, also, though, Zach, I wanted to get into this real quick. After they make the free throws, I mean, we found them pretty early there. Tried to file battle, didn't do it. I know they were pretty disappointed about that. Um, why did it take us so long 
to get another shot down five. I mean, was that just me? Or it felt like that took an eternity to get that first three. And then we kicked it out and we got, what, two other opportunities and none of them went in. Of course, for Mountaineer fans that had the uh, four in the hook, uh, you were really hoping for one of those Taz Sherman uh, fadeaway threes there with about 1.1 to to connect for you. So, Zach, if Taz drills that three, would have been significant to some, would have not have eased the pain of the loss, but some people that had the Mountaineers plus the four in the hook would have felt just a smidge better. Yeah, it would have alleviated the pain a little bit, made you feel a touch better, but couldn't quite get it. Slightly, slightly, slightly. I mean, if that. Yeah, I think you're right about it taking – Why did it take so long? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I think it took a little long situation that is not ideal being down five with that little bit amount of time left. I, I guess they just couldn't get a look they liked. Obviously, you can't afford to be too picky in that spot when you're short on time, but Taz got the fader, couldn't hit it. And, you know, we got the rebound, pretty much ran out of time at that point. So, just one of those things. Felt, felt like felt like we – um, it just – and I'll say this in general, Zach. I feel like we got a little too dependent on playing some iso ball there. And maybe that was just because that was our best approach to beating Baylor. But I feel like we were running offense there at times early on. We were doing pretty well. And I think when we got in that situation against Baylor – they are good individual defenders, and yet maybe right now their their connectivity on defense isn't quite there because they had to pause. I thought we gave them a little bit of break there. Yeah, we didn't make them work a whole lot in that regard. We weren't working the ball a lot. Um, it stuck a lot, didn't it? There, it did. late, late, late in the game, I felt like. And honestly, it was something Frischilla was kind of hyping up. He he mm-hmm. was hyping up the guards on both sides. Of course, that's the that's the storyline with the game you know, two of the best sets of guards in the country. I mean, honestly, Sherman in particular, he was able to get pretty much anything he wanted. But, I mean, Neil was getting some shots off the bounce a little bit. McBride had some. So, it was working. We were getting buckets. But we – we've even though we have those guys who can create, we've still got to run offense. And one thing I wanted to talk about, we really didn't run a whole lot through Culver at all. Only three – Log shot attempts, obviously, he had mm-hmm. a few more that he was fouled on, went to the line that didn't count in the, in the box score. But you've got you've to get him more involved for the simple fact that they really don't have anybody to neutralize him. Obviously, Chamochacho and Thamba are their bigs. Vital can hang just because he's a, he's a thick MF. But <laughs> he, they don't have somebody who can really shut him down, in my opinion. And we really didn't utilize him whatsoever. You know, um, Zach, I know we've kind of, kind of, when you talk about Culver yesterday, felt like you heard he was kind of getting, getting a lot of physicality down there. Baylor brought that from the jump. The officiating mm-hmm. was allowing that, which, hey, that's going to happen. There's going to be games where it's, you know, you're, and I would pre- think he preferred to be able to use his physical strength there a little bit too, right? But Hugs mentioned he was chasing the ball yesterday a lot because of the Baylor ball pressure being so good on the, you know, out there on the perimeter, they weren't able to get the ball into him the way we have been able to get call over the ball against a lot of other teams in this hot stretch we've had here in February. I think that was part of it. And when he did catch it, he was away from the rim a lot. And that kind of sort of led to him not having a great game. I feel like Zach, and I don't know, you know, I feel like when you saw Culver take that hook shot 
and it wasn't really close at the start of the game. It was like, eh, you know, you were sort of a little nervous. But I'll give him this, 9 of 10 from the line. Um, he he will definitely um, use this to motivate Mr. Culver. And also, though, I'll say this too, Zach, and I don't know, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this. We've talked about this before. Kind of the Jedi Council of Basketball Minds keeps talking about, are we a better team without him on the floor? And that's crazy to say because the dude scored can, can drop 28 and 15 on you in a blink of an eye. But is Gabe better for this team with the shooters because he gives you what he gives you defensively? I mean, I the think, plus minus speaks otherwise, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at the plus minus, Culver was minus 26. Not my favorite metric to go by, but, I mean, it was huge. I mean, there wasn't anybody even close to that. So it, Certain matchups, right? I yeah. feel like Culver – Culver's going to be not as good as Gabe with, but what he gives you on the offensive end, you still have to take it, right? But I mean, like you said, the minus, the minus plus minus is an interesting one. But it, yesterday, it truly um, wasn't one you could overlook. No, not when it's that hefty and not when it's that different from everybody else on the team. I mean, let me double check on this, but it, the, the second worst, I should say, Second worst plus minus on the squad wasn't even close to minus 26. It was minus six by Emmett. So that's a 20-point disparity. That's insane. Which a lot of people were also clamoring about Emmett and some of his turnovers, which it wasn't his best game, Zach. Right. Offensively. He was solid defensively, as he normally is, but Mm -hmm. offensively he really did struggle. Bridges played a hell of a game. Yeah, Bridges played great on both ends. Was very impressed. Had seven rebounds. I mean, I, I can't complain much. He had a couple shots that went a little errant on him, but, you know. Had that one that was a, was way errant. A little excited on that one, yeah, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Hey, you know, quick. it happens. It happens. Yeah, uh, but, no, Culver, I think, obviously, the matchups are going to dictate a lot of what Huggins does between having more Culver in there, more Gabe in there, but and fouls, of course. But uh, I, I'm not thrilled with what I see out of D.C. defensively sometimes. I know that he gets worn out. He's getting just beaten down when he's in the post on offense, and I'm sure he's taking a lot of punishment defensively also. But he's a lot of times – I don't want to call him lazy, but he's oftentimes slow on his rotations when they're you know, trying to defend the pick and roll. He'll be slow getting back to his man. He'll overcommit on the on the head sometimes, and it it put us in bad spots against Baylor yeah. multiple times. Zach, someone said this to me, and it's it's interesting when you think you talk about Culver in that light, right? You think about how far he has come since he stepped on the campus, right? He still has his moments where he's not fully quite there, but man, he's come a long way. Mm-hmm. And think about what he can do potentially. With, I feel like, in, like, think about this. Had the five rebounds against Texas. His mom calls him, says, I could have got five rebounds, right? I'm sure she's going to have something to say about yesterday. Motivation is a huge factor for this guy. And I think Hugs knows how to tweak and play the mind games with Culver very well. I think we'll see improved defensive, defensive uh, prowess out of him coming down the stretch here. I really do. We have to hope for it, right? Because with him on the floor offensively, Scoring, scoring at the bucket and his ability, you know, to – and now, man, his ability yesterday to, to – I will say this too, Zach, about him real quick off this. 
his ability to make free throws yesterday when he wasn't having the best game, I think goes to speak to the mental toughness of the kid. Yeah, I would say so. I I like that point a lot. And for him to go nine for 10 is borderline a miracle. That's un, unheard of for him. Obviously, think about this, Zach. He, he made two free throws when we were down one yeah. late in the game. He did. To take the lead back. Yep, he did. He he made some big ones there. I hope that he can keep it going. Obviously, motivation, like you said, is his biggest is the biggest facet with him because it's not ability. We've seen it. It's just the consistency and whether or not he is motivated to impose his will and to really just bust his ass. Someone said to me, he said the defensive help with him just mm-hmm. isn't quite there. And I think they make it at least yesterday might've made a pretty solid point. I totally agree. He had multiple occasions and watching it from my perspective was different than normal because I was kind of looking through You're a lens. As a coach of, now as a film, because you already know what, what happened. Exactly. I was kind of yeah. looking through a lens like, what did we do that killed us? I was trying to keep an eye out for things that collectively piled up that caused us to lose. And that was one of them. He, yep. he had a lot of lapses on defense. Yeah. And that's, you can't have that this time of year. Um, I think it, it, but again, it just goes to show where we are at offensively. Zach, uh, this is the next part of this genesis, though, right here, which is like we need to find a way to win one of these big ones. Um, but yet we have won a few big ones already, so there is some confidence there that we can do it. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, and, and I say this, I say this with, you know, I'm going to knock on wood here as I say it, but the ability of this team to kind of come off of a loss and put it in the rear view mirror. You know, Hugs always kind of jokes around how he didn't have that rear view mirror in his pack in his pickup, right? They steam forward ahead. I think we will steam forward ahead here for tomorrow against TCU. And then obviously gearing down on number nine hundo their Saturday, hopefully, versus Cade Cunningham and the Pokes. And I'm gonna knock on wood now, okay? <laughs> All right. You better. But, I I really hope that they do that. I hope this is a springboard for them throughout the rest of the season. I don't I don't think any of them are going to take this loss lying down like we mentioned. It's going to I hope just piss them off and give them it propel them to the finish line, but just as recently as tomorrow, I hope that we curb stomp TCU and the in particular Derek Culver victimizes Kevin Samuel tomorrow and just tears him up even worse than he did the first time last Tuesday. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's interesting when when you kind of talk about um, Culver in the Samuel matchup. He had a great game last week, so that's going to motivate Samuel a little bit too, right? Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And we talked at the top of the podcast about how you know this game can propel us. Zach, I didn't give you this earlier, and I'm going to do it before we totally turn the page of TCU. This game, to me, maybe while not being the same type of game, I think Hugs could potentially use it in the same way he did that 2010 game versus UConn. Mm-hmm. Kind of the man, you know. I think you, I think you can see the, the the support and kind of the 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 tenacity of the fan base and everything going on. And saying, man, 
you can win this. You can be special in this state for a long, long, actually the remainder of your days. And I think that's a selling point. And I think they played with that passion and energy last night. And I think that's only going to continue to fuel that fire for the rest of this season and, and, and in the future with this team because of how young they are. But I think he can use this one motivationally tweak them kind of like how he did 2010 UConn, um, you know, get that bus tour ready. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. This is obviously a game that they've been looking forward to all season and they've had to keep looking forward to it as it's been postponed one time after the next, but it's one that I'm sure meant a lot to them, especially the further they moved up the rankings, sitting at number six yesterday, wanted to prove that they were even better than that. And I think that they did. I think that they. And you know what else? Baylor felt the same way. Yeah, especially coming off that loss to Kansas. You could tell they they could. I don't even think that mattered, Zach. I think they remember how their season ended last year Mm -hmm. with their best team in school history, railing toward that number one seed, and they came into Morgantown and got got curb stomped and kind of shell shocked. And I think that was in the taste of their mouth all season. They had a chance to play us, a chance to win their first Big East or Big East. going it, man. <laughs> I, I love I love to go there, basketball time. Um, Big 12 championship or conference championship in general in 71 years. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of motivation for them last night. You give them all the credit in the world. Uh, and I'll tell you this much, too, just closing up on Baylor, Zach, unless you have anything else. But Scott Drew – uh, earned a lot of lot of kudo points in my book, man. Coming on the hug show the way he did, classy individual, um, was very complimentary of of the bear. Um, you could tell they have a very good relationship. And if if we're not the team to cut him down, I'd be okay with Baylor doing it as long as it's not at our expense. Without a doubt, I'm I'm a big fan of Scott Drew. Seems like a super guy, and it was it was cool having him on the Huggins on the Huggins show. Not often that you see that kind of thing, so it was it was cool to have, yeah, especially uh, before a game that big. Oh yeah, right? I mean, think about that. A lot of respect for yeah. those guys. Absolutely, I mean, incredible. And think about the job he did. I mean, he he took that from you know from below from below the basement um, to where they're at now, and and Baylor deserves it. Good for them, you know, and and and. Uh, Best best of luck to them in terms of the NCAA tournament, as long as we're not playing them for sure. Now next week at Kansas City, a little bit different there. Mm-hmm. But Zach, let's let's um let's dive in here to TCU a little bit, man. Tomorrow, motivationally wise for us, how do you feel coming into this one? Do you feel like we'll be ready? Do you feel like the loss yesterday is going to linger a little bit early? What are your thoughts there? My hope, which it it being in Morgantown, I think will help. Not having to travel on one day's rest, that's that's a big mm-hmm. deal. I'm hoping that they'll take off like a bullet to start that game and never look back. But how that game starts early on will be a big indicator into how they yeah. respond to this loss. Well, and, you know, we think about last week against TCU and how we kind of got on them early, kind of held them off, kind of – you know, big brother kind of holding off little brother mm-hmm. sort of the whole time. Kept him at a, at a favorable arm's length, right? Um, would be nice to do that again here in the Coliseum, and then they don't even have kind of the the boost of any, you know. I mean, I'll say this, so Nimhard played well. I thought Miles was pretty good last week. 
it's not like TCU is in a total pushover. I mean, Nimhard averages 16.6, you know, a game. He had 17 against us last time. The Mouse Kid's pretty solid. I, I just, you know, they've won a few games in this league. They're they're not a team that we can absolutely have our our worst outing of the season against and expect to go out there and get a W. No, I think we reserved that for Kansas to a certain degree. Well, yeah, okay, that one too. Yeah. yeah, but no, you're right. It's a team that's not a complete pushover. We're gonna have to come into this game not hanging our heads after last night, and hopefully put the screws to them. That would be a nice little way to move on from a real tough one last night. Yeah, I I, I think that's I think without a shadow of a doubt that's the way you've got it. You've got to approach that right, um, and I think they also want to make some history for hugs mm-hmm. and i think they want to get that number two seed in the conference tournament too that's what he's preaching to him and i think you know you've heard him talk about this team being aware of where they're at you not think it pisses them off here and joe lenardi put them to the three well, you guarantee it uh, i think we'll see some some fire out of the old golden blue there tomorrow night uh against tcu um zach you know i mean obviously we, i mean Anything else that you really kind of want to hit on here for TCU? Because while, while not calling it a pushover game, we gave him all the respect. Dixon's a hell of a, you know, a competitive coach. We know he's not going to have them laying over coming in here more than likely. Anything else you can think of that you think is key? I mean, or anything to that sort before we kind of get on to Saturday? Because Oklahoma State, that's a barn burner. Uh, I mean, just that you got to come into the game tomorrow with intensity. You can't let anything from the Baylor game linger. Just move on. And like you said, Huggins is going to be motivating them to move on and to just play their asses off from here on out. Lock up that. Put in the rear view. Yeah, put in the rearview mirror. He's not concerned with getting 900 at the Coliseum. He's just concerned with winning the next game. Obviously, that would aid to that but he's just not the kind of guy to think about the personal accolades he's not about that and you got to love that about him but he absolutely he's just going to be motivating them to play their best basketball and to move on from a tough one last night and we'll we'll see if they can do it hey zach so let's let's think about this real quick though games that we've lost this season if you think about it the team comes back strong most times after that you know came back after gonzaga got a nice win at georgetown and a tough game when you've been on the road for almost you know three weeks or something like that with the Dakota swing mm-hmm. you know you you end up winning three or four in a row five in a row there um you take a tough L to Kansas you know and all those kind of non-conference games we kind of rattle off there obviously take a tough L to Kansas but then you respond you know you come out and beat Northeastern now obviously the whole after Oscar that's a whole different deal I used just use his name yes I did <gasps> um I know man I know right but uh, <laughs> the, the, the reality of it is the loss, you know, that you had after Texas, you responded with the loss after Oklahoma by coming back and getting the, the big comeback win against Oklahoma State, um, which we're going to dive into a little bit here in a second. Texas, you come back and you that's when you not go on that nice little two-game winning streak off of the COVID pause. You think about that, resiliency of the team there, mm-hmm. right? You lose to Florida in a tough one that you probably shouldn't have lost. You reel off, what, three straight wins to start the month of February? Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas and Texas, Kansas and then Texas Tech on the road. 
uh, before you lose a double heart, double overtime heartbreaking thriller to Oklahoma. You respond by beating Texas a week later, TCU, Kansas State. I mean, to me, you think about that real quick. This team's very good at putting it back behind them. I think we'll do the same tomorrow. That actually, that recap just made me realize in this moment that the two losses to Oklahoma resulted in the very next game having 19-point comeback wins. (laughs) What the hell is that about? Wow. 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 Yes, it does. Damn, that's that's some trippy shit right that's there. That, that's oh. kind of uh, at Twilight Zone music. If I can find it, I'm going to probably try and fade it in here for that because that's that's surreal. Hey, it's this season started in 2020. We're still living in this COVID-19 world. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, this season, I just it's a weird feel, man. It's funky. It's a weird, it's a weird funky feel. Why not get the Bear 900? Why not maybe cut down some nets? And then what would be weirder than for Bob Huggins to be walking on that Warner ladder in April, cutting down a net in Indianapolis? I mean, hey, this is the this is the year to do it, right? I couldn't agree more. I've been saying <laughs> all along, why not us? COVID year, weird oh. shit's happening. Why not us? 19, two, 19 point comebacks after that's I can't believe if that actually is is a legitimate stat too, though, when you think about it that some of those 19 point comebacks have come after the losses. Yeah. That's, that's odd as odd as can be. That's, you know what that is? That's, that's literally facing uh, the most adversity that you can face right there in, in treadmill time that would be un, unforeseen to most of the people that are listening to this thing. Uh, and then you've got to go ahead there and try and, you know, you come back and you win games on those types of levels. Incredible, incredible, Zach. So one of these 19-point comebacks, though, was against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, um, and they're coming in here Saturday. We're hoping, obviously, Thursday goes well. You're you're up for 899 at that point, and, and Saturday with uh, Cade Cunningham, number one prospect, likely Boone. Those boys come in here. Initial thoughts on that. I mean, Cunningham's the story. You see what he did – with the 40 pointer the other night. And I mean, he pretty much had his way against us the first time around. We really don't have much for him. Emmett's probably going to see a lot of man on him unless we decide to go with the point drop. And he's, he's a tough matchup for anybody and he's going to be our main focus. Like I said, last pod, hopefully likely doesn't play only for the simple fact that he just wears us out every time. But if he does, Hopefully we can find a way to manage him better than we did last time when he went for 22 and seven. Yeah. And it's, you know, another weird thing about this series, Zach, is we seem to beat them in Stillwater. They seem to beat us in Morgan. It does seem that um, way. Man, we really can't afford for that to happen here. Um, I think at that point in time, if we do lose that, you're looking at the three. And I think it's maybe deservedly so if you fall Saturday, Oklahoma State. although they are creeping to the four line right now. Like you said, though, Kate Cunningham's playing amazing. I mean, 40 points there uh, in two games ago. And also say this, though, Zach, I think they are a very good matchup versus Oklahoma. I think we're a little better matched up against them than maybe even Oklahoma is, though. Yeah, I would think so. Hopefully, hopefully Culver can get, get going like we talked about. 
maybe get Boone in foul trouble. He's a guy who's been a big spark for them all season. Um, contain Bryce Williams. Avery Anderson's had some good games. We just we got to not let those ancillary guys get loose. Cunningham's in all likelihood going to get his. But if you can contain the ancillary pieces, you should be able to walk out of there with a win. Yeah, it's – is it – in, in in certain respect, I kind of feel like it's sort of like when you played Mac, old Mac McClung in Texas Tech. I think their ancillary pieces, like you said, are better. But if you control them, kind of like how you kind of didn't let everybody else beat you with Tech, if you sort of do the same thing with Oklahoma State, I think that would tend to uh, kind of be in our favor. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, we also kind of sit here and look, I mean, they're they're playing they're playing kind of I think what they've won at least five in a row Zach maybe even more than that at this point um I thought I was gonna be able to cheat and look at the last five to get it and I could they, have because they lost to Kansas they <laughs> they reeled off five straight but, after that Kansas loss yep but they have a tough one they're playing Baylor on Thursday mm-hmm. so let's think about that real quick I think that could play into our advantage a little bit there um. Baylor comes out there. Obviously, they're playing off of, off of playing us just yesterday, mm-hmm. and having to play Oklahoma State's going to be tough for them. That that could work well either way, because if they find a way to beat Baylor, they're riding off that high with a young young team coming into Morgantown. That bodes well for us, I believe. If if they don't get it done, now they've got to go cross country with a young team that just took a, a tough loss. Um, that's getting ready for the tournament, maybe that'll affect them too. I do like the spot for us Saturday, considering the game they have to play Thursday. Yeah, and it being in Waco, I mean, even just having to travel once, what, one state away? I'm terrible with geography, but right next door, essentially. You know. Hey, they're, they're they're all, I mean, dude, we're, we're like up in the north, like we've talked about all year in the realm. Um, and they're down there, you know, toward King's Landing and in, in, in the heartland of Big 12 country. So they don't have to go that far to get to the throne, whereas we've got to, you know, traverse through the entire realm to get there. Bad officiating, getting home at 5 a.m., the whole nine. Exactly. Well said. Good analogy. But it's it's an away game nonetheless. <laughs> They're going to have to <laughs> – Don't even have to fade that in. That's just – that's, that's oh, man. good Hey, but you know what, rhythm. Zach, I, I will tell you this, though, man. Um Coming in to coming into that one, I think we've got to think about this real quick. Everybody is coming to to Kings Landing, which is in KC. What are you thinking about that at this point in time? Obviously, a lot of moving pieces and parts that are going to kind of work themselves out here in terms of seating with the with so many games yet to play. Pretty much every team has a couple games to play other than Kansas. Um, you know. Do, do you have a team that you're looking at and thinking, okay, I don't want to see them or I do want to see them uh, for Kansas City here next week? Well, like you said, the seeding is going to play a big part in things. Um, hopefully we can reclaim the two seed. That'd be awesome. Get on the other side of the bracket from Baylor and not see them until the conference championship. If we can get that far. I'm even okay if we're three, sort of like in the NCAA okay. for this. Because if we're going to play Kansas one way or the other, right, in that semi, if we're the three or if we're the two, they're the three, right? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be too terribly 
upset about seeing Kansas. I think that we can handle them. Obviously, they're playing well right now. Um, they bounced back pretty well since we beat them. Um, I mean, it's a pretty jumbled up mess, though, when you think about it. I mean, if we get the two that we're that we need to get, we're twelve and five. We'll have that advantage over them. But Oklahoma State still sitting right. there. I mean, they're ten and six. They could make a little About bit of a run. About the hottest team out in the Big Twelve right now. Yeah, I mean Texas is Texas is still in the kind of hanging in like Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. We were like, oh, that team's looking like they're they're steamrolling toward being second in this league. Now they're sitting there with a chance to maybe potentially. I mean, having to play on the the first night of the tournament against Iowa State. Yeah, who'd have seen that coming just a week or week or so ago? That was complete shock out of nowhere but uh, this is march <laughs> that's right this is march um zach man i'm I, I cannot wait for for potentially what what comes on saturday my friend i think that that would be a special special moment um for for everyone who's been associated in even some small part uh with west virginia university and West Virginia University basketball, especially here over the last 15 years. Let's win one for the Bear. Or That's two. Right. I mean, you know what? I think those, I, yeah, let's win two for the Bear. <laughs> we get two for the Bear, then we get exactly what we need and we want. And, uh, my friend, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll be in the building. Oh. I'll be in the building. Yes, sir. Be at the Coliseum on Saturday afternoon. My Lucky friend. bastard. I'm probably going to be coaching hey. again. Uh, hey. You know what though? Get a dub for them old Ravenswood. Oh man, Red Devils. That's that who right? we play. We're the Systemville. I'm not gonna say, a little controversial oh, of a system. team name, so I'm not gonna say it over the over the Ooh. airway. Are you all the? So you're the Systemville basketball it, team. <laughs> it would seem so. Yeah, I'm surprised that let's hasn't resulted in that at this point. Hey, let's go Systemville basketball team. Zach, I actually named my fantasy baseball team the fantasy baseball team this year, um, in honor of the Washington the Washington football team. I just I like it, man. The, Let's go Sissonville basketball team. I'm so, I cannot believe I did that to you, man. I know y'all are rivals too down there with Ravens. Oh yeah. My apologies. My apologies, buddy. Hey, we got to keep a PC though. Sissonville basketball team from here on out. I love it, man. The Sissonville basketball team. Um, but yeah, man, Zach, it's gonna be fun. Cannot wait to see what what unfolds these next two days, and then we'll gear it for Kansas City. I wish. Uh, I, might, I might have to make sure I'm just eating barbecue all next week during that tournament just to feel like I'm there just to be in the just to feel like you're in the environment in in Kansas City I like it I man that is one place I'd love to get to get to eventually the old electric city there mm-hmm. um and see that uh that tournament Zach you know what we forgot to do and I'm disappointed in myself for it what's that was talk about some announcers okay we'll have to save that for next time man I'll be here for it yeah I, I hope you will too Thanks, Zach, for joining me as always, brother, and uh, should be exciting. Some exciting. West Virginia.